0: Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit ilabscbc.org. God is good, and He is good all the time. It is the very goodness of God the reason that we gather here, even is online, to praise Him and worship Him and honor Him and lift Him. I hope your heart has been filled with joy and wonder of our God the Father and Son and Holy Spirit as we were to sing and lift up all of our prayer requests and ready to listen to the Word of God that is alive and that can change your life in and out. This morning, I want to just give you the very reminder from the Word of God about your value and my value. And I entitled this morning's sermon, You Are Valuable to God. That's right. You are so valuable to God. In fact, would you turn to your family members and just saying that with your loving and caring voice and just looking, okay, my sermon title, You Are Valuable to God. Why is that important? That we have to be reminding ourselves of this very simple but important, you know, the statement, your value and my value from God's perspective is quite different from what this word is construing about your and my value. You know, from this word's perspective, if we have, let's say, higher knowledge or higher skill set that we can offer to this community or this society, this society tends to consider you a more important, valuable, and significant person. If you are happen to be born in this rich and wealthy or a more powerful family than others, this society tend to consider you a more important and more valuable and more significant person. But we all know that's not the truth from God's eyes. On the eyes of God and God's perspective, that is not, that is not true. And in fact, it's far, far from being true from his eyes. But a lot of Christians, a lot of people in our society, in our nation, they're the victim of the wrong concept or norm of our value. That's why we try to increase our value all the time, to get more knowledge, to get more skill set, to acquire more wealth for that. Other people in our society can be seeing you or considering you as a more valuable, important person. The value that is in you and me is not determined by the circumstances that what we can offer to the society. It is inside of our heart and our mind. And that's what I want to see with you today. That's what I want to talk about, I you know, from this passage. Uh, do you know this uh, very special economic term that is called scarcity value. Do you heard about? Uh, you guys ever heard about this Scarcity value? You know what that means? Uh, that means the less amount of an item there is, the more value the particular item has. Okay, That's a scarcity. The meaning of scarcity is the, there is a less amount of item, the more value the particular item item holds so the reason why when you go to walmart and you see that everything is so inexpensive because there are so many same items on the shelf on their stock and in their warehouse the reason you know the walmart doesn't charge and put a lot of premium price on the bar of soul is because they have tons of thousands of bar of soaps same thing the reason why This black pearl, the jewelry, holds a lot much more value than other pearls because it is so rare. It holds the scarcity value. The reason why this pink or blood or the diamond, heard about that, which worth over $300 million than uh, other diamonds. The reason this diamond holds much more value is because of this economic term and principle of scarcity value. The reason why the whole you know, Ford car is worth usually twenty to $30,000. That's the cost of the Ford's car, right? Uh, whereas a Rolls-Royce car, uh, their worth is almost up to a quarter of a million dollars. Why? Because of this principle of scarcity value. One the Ford car company, they can manufacture one car in every 13 hours, whereas the Rolls Royce company, they can manufacture one car in every 13 month. While they can actually manufacture the millions of the millions of automobile, the Rolls Royce can only manufacture three to four thousand per year. Scarcity value—that's really important factor uh, when it comes to the value of certain product. Um, that also, scarcity value um, being largely used in our commercial or advertisement field. You guys ever read or watched commercials saying, this is a last chance, this is a last, the only product. Make you feeling like if you don't, if I missed, miss out this opportunity, there's no other, you know, way or opportunity that I can get in. That's why when you go to this very expensive um, boutique or the, you know, store, like Gucci, Chanel, or Louis Vuitton, that's you know the reason they don't really put a lot of same products on the display is because to make you feel like this is pretty much the last one. If you miss out this one, there will be pretty much no chance to get it. See that? The scarcity value is a very important term in our economic field and word. And I believe that is the... True perspective and view that God holds when it comes to your value and my value. It's not about what we can offer, it's not about what we can hold and bring to this society, it is about truly who you are, and that's it. That is what from um, that is the determination of the God when it comes for Him to value you and me. Do you know there is no other David Lee like me who holds this appearance? Uh, character or the heart and mindset there is not even one close to like me i'm very unique i'm very rare in a sense even though we are all made of the image of god each one of you every single one of you holds a very distinctive and differences We hold as a man and woman of God, as a daughter and sons of God, we hold this very value from eyes of God that is called scarcity value because there's only one like David Lee. There's only one like, let's say, Kim Tomorrow. There's only one like, you know, Stacy Clayton. There's only one like Mina Cho. That's how God says us. It's not about what our abilities. Know about our knowledge? In fact, if you take a look at all the disciples and apostles, they are far, far below from all the merry, fishermen, tax collectors, and all those who are marginalized, all those who are just you know considered the less valuable person, God uplift them and use them for his great mission. Why is that? When there was the birth of Jesus Christ, the first group of people came and worshipped him. Why is that God through the angel let the shepherds who are always marginalized and smelly who are always kind of uh, outside of the community, why is that a God using these angels, let them know, have them come and get a chance, privilege, to worship Jesus Christ? See that? Because of his view on our value as quite different from what this word can tell us and hold and see as our value. This morning, I'd like to introduce a man from the Old Testament who also considered himself with just nothing less, pretty much nobody values. He was in deep trouble. Um, He was doubting God. He was deeply hurt by God. He didn't want to even believe in him anymore. On top of that, he also had a lot of complex from his birth, from his family. And in terms of his character, it doesn't hold a lot of positive or you know, courage in his life. But someone was able to be greatly used by God because of God's value system, scarcity value. I'd like to introduce you that person today's passage is taken from the book of judges in old testament chapter 6 verses 11 through 16 book of judges chapter 11 uh, chapter 6 verses 11 through 16 so if you have a bible please turn your bible or if you have a bible app please open your bible app to go to that chapter judges chapter 6 verses 11 through 16 the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Aviat's right, where his son Gideon was threshing with in a wine press to keep it from the Midianite. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. in the strength you have, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family, the Lord answered. I will be with you, amen, and you will strike down all the Midianites, living none alive. For this is the word of the Lord. I'm sure many of you know this story. Story of Gideon, one of 12 judges that you can find in the book of Judges, Old Testament. Before the kingdom era, where the Saul, David, and King Solomon were reigning, um, they did not have any king. So with the gods and mercy and grace and love, God sent out. You know, judges who were spiritual and also political leader. Literally judge to the people, determine the right or wrong for their life and protecting them from the other nations. Pretty, you know, they're working as a king. And I'm sure many of you know the story of Gideon. Not from the very beginning part, but toward the probably halfway through to the end of the part. Great triumphal story. You know, when he was calling out for Israel's soldiers, and they, well, he was able to have about twenty-two and 32,000 soldiers, but God commanded Gideon. What did he tell him to? Tell his soldiers? Just tell them, if you don't want to fight, if you're afraid, if you're scared of your life, then you may leave. Because of it, he only had 10,000 soldiers left. After that it was not that it was not over yet. God commanded Gideon to took his soldiers right by stream and the way he the way they actually drink water, God told Gideon to filter them out. There are too many. As a result, he only had how many soldiers? 300 soldiers left. Like a long story short, just 300 soldiers with Gideon were able to defeat that made a big triumphal in a victory over the Medianites, where they were before 125,000 soldiers. I'm sure many of you heard this story and thinking, look at this. This man is great man of faith. How humble he was. How submissive that he was to God. You know, how courageous this Gideon and great leader was. That's why he was able to make this big triumph. Great man of God. He had a lot to offer to his nation and his society. But if you actually take a look at from the very beginning, chapter 6, especially the portion of the passage that we just read, and you find quite surprising and different of what you used to think about Gideon and who he was, the way you put his value on him. If you take a look at it here um, in, in, in verse Eleven says that the the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak tree in Orpha, and Gideon was what, threshing with in you know, a wine press to keep it from the media night. I, I think I've explained to you before, but how the works this wine wine press? And they made, they made this small hole, uh, you know, probably in you know, a very sandy rock, so they can kind of dig and make this small hole. You know, probably the depth is about here, upon your leg, um, and then make another little trail to small another hole. So when you put all the grapes and kind of squeezing, the juice is coming out of it, and then kind of going down to another small hole. And then you can collect the juice out of grape. grave. And what he was doing in that small wine press hole, he was pretty much hiding and threshing wet. The last part of harvest, because he has to have some food to eat. Can you picture that? It doesn't look like someone who's full of courage. It doesn't look like someone who's just full of this, you know, this, this power and passion. I can see him as coward, right? I can see him who's um, as worrying about, you know, his life only. Oh, if a media knight and soldiers are going to spot me, they're going to kill me. But I have to live my life, so I've got to to be hidden as much as I could and do some work. What's surprising to me in verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Amen. Do you see the different perspective? While... Gideon was worrying about his own life, try to be high as much as he could and try to make his own life. The God through the angel, told him, "You are my warrior." Another translation said, "You are my mighty, courageous warrior." It didn't look like courageous, right? If the angel was coming to him and spotting what he was doing.: But that's how God says them. Not only he was really, you know, coward and afraid of his life, and he had more that is actually far below to be ready and to be qualified to do God's work. And verse 13 says this, But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord, listen to this, has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Not only he was weak, but he also held this, um, you know, anger against God, okay? He held this, this doubt and anger, feeling of disappointment and feeling of discouragement and despair uh, to God. He was literally crying out. Lord, if you are there, and if you really care for me and my nation, why you allow these things to happen to my life and our nation's life? I get it. You had a power to deliver my ancestor out of Egypt. But where are you right now? I'm sure that you abandoned us. I'm sure that you forgot about us. See that? That's where his heart was. And then against that, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? If I were to God and to heard all this, to hear all these complaints and he's the soul, you know, the, the, the shallow of his faith or his the weak part of his life, I would have given up on him. Oh, you're not, you're not the light, not the person the type of the person that I'm looking for. I'll move on. I'll find someone else. But God says, I am sending you. I see there is a lot more in you that you can see from your circumstances surrounding you in terms of your value. I am sending you. And he said, go out with what you have. Amen. A lot of times we try to be preparing for God's timing. No, I have to learn more about the Word of God. I have to be more spiritual. I have to be training myself to be more of a disciple so that I can actually go out and do some work. And God said, no, no, no. You already hold much value. You know what? You are the person who holds scarcity value. You are the only one in kind. And I'm sending you whatever that you have right now. Just go out and use your strength, your knowledge, and your passion and your heart and leave the rest up to me. I'll do the rest. I'll prepare your way. I'll guide you. I'll strengthen you. I'll make your way. Amen. You know, if I were to have this conversation with God, by this time, I don't actually have said to, you know, God, yes, Lord, I submit to you. Send me then I'll go. But I think the Gideon is far less than what I have right now. Because he said it all this. Verse 15, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. The Lord said, I will be with you. And I will strike down all the you know knife, Living, none alive. So go. Not only he was struggling with his own identity, you know, his own anger to God, he also was dealing with a lot of complexes because of, you know, the tribe and family that he was born and also the list on his family power or the lineage. He literally said, I am nothing. I am nothing. How in the world that I could use you and how can be used by you to do this great and amazing work? I can't do that. Look at my circumstances. Look at who I am. I was born in the least family, least tribe. I am the last of that family. From my perspective, when I'm looking at my perspective, I am close to nothing. How can I do your work? How many times we, you know, as the children of God, unfortunately seeing value that way about the family that was born you know i was deeply being abused by my family i was the last i was the least one i think about the the life that i had think about education that i have think about knowledge that i have think about job that i have think about relationship that i have i am nothing i hold no value that's what the world that's the what this is society that the spirit of evil to tell you and let you down you matter nothing you hold no value look at you just manage your life but from the eyes of god you hold much value it doesn't matter how much education you have it doesn't matter how much skills that you have it doesn't matter what kind of family that you are born your existence itself is very important and i put my value on eh. you are the one who holds scarcity value you are the only one and kind i've got this uh, twenty dollar view okay how many of you want this twenty dollar view if you guys are here, I hope I can give it to you. I really mean it. No, guys, not here. Just gonna show you as illustration. Okay. Uh, when you hold this, and when you think of this twenty-dollar bill, uh, I'm sure there are quite a few things that we can do, right? Uh, we can grab a, quite a few cups of coffees. We can have a nice lunch with this, and we can buy uh, quite a few, you know, nice toys, you know, for our children with this twenty-dollar. Right. But what if I were to do this? What if I kind of squeeze and scratch, um, you know, make like this? Okay. And I put a lot of, uh, let's say the bad word. You know what? You're a mess. You, your worth is really nothing. Look at you, how look you are. You know, you, you, don't, you don't hold your value about your $20 because your life and your value is least, if not, nothing. Let me ask this question. How many of you think that still, this $20 bill like this, hold the value of $20? Raise your hand. know how many of you even want this $20 bill, what it is right now? I want it. So I can take it. I'll make sure to put it right back and nice and straight. You get the point, right? It doesn't matter if it's just a nice... bill, or it's all, you know, looks like a mess and dirty $20 bills, it holds the same value. Why? Because someone who created, a nation, America, created these bills, they said, this is $20 value worth. While the world says, because of all you look, you know, you don't hold value. But the truth is, you are. Let's apply to our life as well. Look at the Gideon. how he lived his life at the very beginning. He was coward, He was the weakest man in the family. He holds a lot of grudges and angers and frustrations and doubts, God. You know, he had a lot of complex in his life. Literally, he was like this. From his eyes and from his value, from his views, he valued really nothing. But in the eyes of God, He truly worth and valuable because He is the own and one and only kind. A lot of people probably say, Pastor, if God loves us so much, how He allow these happens in our life? While I cannot tell you because there are a lot of different circumstances. I want you to be aware. You know we're living in a sinful world. We're living in this under the you know attack and also impression of this evil spirit. And we're also living in imperfect word. And God has given us our free will. And even though God is in charge, He is Alpha and Omega. A lot of times, instead of He trying to just uh, make you, you know, straight and make it like that, this is what we want, right? If it's children of God. God says, Just looking at you like this and David, you know that? I know your life was very tough. I get it. You know, you didn't probably have much to offer to this society from their perspective. From my perspective, you are truly worth and value so much. You are the one on the end, one kind. You hold a scarcity value. Why? Because I put that value. I put that value. It doesn't matter your life. My brothers and sisters, I hope you'll be able to find and hold your value, okay? Don't think about what this world can tell you. It doesn't matter what's really matter, what's really important, is what God thinks about us. How much value that he put it in our life. About 20 years ago, when I was very sick, um, I thought my life was over, you know, very young. I was 25, 24 at that time, but I was struggling with the multiple illnesses. I thought my value was zero or nothing. My life was over. I did not know. God still holds my value, and He was able to bring my family, my church family, especially my wife, to restore me, to help me to get ready to be able to come this far here in the United States, standing here on He's all tied and puppet, preaching the gospel to the people, those who are here. Telling you, I am the living example. The one, from my in a human perspective, I thought I was worthless. I was sick. I couldn't do anything. I could not have my family. I thought that time, I could not even work. I couldn't even actually do the normal life that time. But God says, no, 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 no. You are much more important. You hold scarcity value. And let me show you throughout all 20 years of my life, God proved that to me, that I am really valuable, important, and I hold significant values in, um, from the eyes of our God. So may you continue to live your life upon our God's perspective. Be encouraged by His value that has been imposed upon you because you hold a very important scarcity value from the eyes of our God. So leave your life as the only one and kind, you and me. Let's pray. Our Father God, we thank you for this great reminder of how valuable we are to God. This world is trying to let us down where nothing, we're worthless. But from your perspective and your eyes, we value so much. You have given us. You're the only son, Jesus Christ, to prove our value, our scarcity values, Lord. So may we live our life accordingly. May we also go out and let people know those who are struggling with their own identity, their own value, let them know they are valuable, and much more valuable, significant person that this word can offer to them, this word can tell them, so that we can Live our life as the one and the only kind of your sons and daughters. We pray all in the only Savior, Jesus Christ's name. Amen.